two verses in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2. Look in verse 11. And the Bible said, And Elkanah went to Ramah to his house. And the, and the child did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. You can be seated this morning. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We thank you again for uh, just the good day that you've given us. Uh, we thank you for your uh, dear people uh, for coming today. And Lord, it is a joy to see them. And I pray that it is a blessing that this message will be a blessing to them and a help. But Lord, it's the preaching hour now, and we certainly do need help from you. And Lord, we're looking to heaven. And, and God, we, you know, I really believe this is the message for the hour, but would you please come by and anoint us afresh today? I pray if there's somebody here lost, that you would save them and bring them to a place of repentance, that they'd trust you. Lord, we ask and pray now that you would just help the one that might be cold and indifferent, that they'd come and draw close. And help the one that just needs help. And we'll tell you again, we love you. Thank you for saving us. And thank you for keeping us. And Lord, we're looking forward to heaven. And we're getting there because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for him. Save that sinner's nearest tale for all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to give you a little backstory here of what's going on. We know that in chapter 1, Hannah uh, has prayed for a son. Uh, she has prayed for a man-child. She wants to have a son. And uh, we know the story that she goes down to the tabernacle. Uh, the Bible said that she went to the temple of the Lord in verse 9. Uh, and she goes and she prays in bitterness of soul uh, and weeps, the Bible said, over there sorely uh, in verse 10. Uh, and so we know that uh, once, uh, she, uh, once Eli figures out who she is and what she's praying about, he sends her on her way. Uh, and I love that verse, verse 18. Uh, and she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, uh, and her countenance was no more sad. And y'all know I preach a message out of that every now and again uh, on no more sad. She wasn't, so her prayer wasn't answered. Uh, uh, she wasn't holding a baby boy in her arms, uh, but she was no more sad. Uh, you know, God can fix the heart. Amen. And uh, ain't you glad of that today? Some of you have been in a place uh, uh, where you needed God to fix your heart uh, and do something for you, uh, and He did. Amen. And I thank God. Uh, for that. And so we know that she said, uh, Lord, if you'll give me a little boy, I'll let him serve uh, uh, with you or to you or for you. Uh, uh, he's lent to you the rest uh, uh, of his life. You see that in verse 28. Uh, uh, and so that's what she did when he was weaned. Uh, uh, she took Samuel up in that to the temple uh, and gave him to Eli to serve God uh, uh, there in Shiloh. And in, verse, in chapter 2, uh, uh, you'll find the prayer and that of Hannah. And boy, she just praises God for what he done. When's the last time that you just praise God for what he done? I mean, he worked in a big way and done something for her. And she said, I just want to praise him. And boy, I mean, she really does. You want to read the first part of chapter 2. And boy, she just, I mean, she lays it all out there about the power of God and how holy he is and there's none beside him. And so in verse 11, the Bible said, now after she gets done praying uh, uh, and praising him, and let me say this, not all prayers have to be about stuff. 
And not our prayers have to be about, oh, Lord, we need, and Lord, we'd like to have, and Lord, this needs help. I, I, it does good every now and again to say, Lord, I want to thank you for what you've done. I want to thank you for my family. I want to thank you for salvation. I want to thank you for my church. I, I want to thank you for our preacher. I want to thank you for the good singing we have. I, I, and I'm going to tell you, they some churches I ain't even got the singing we got today. Amen. Right. Amen. I like good, uh, what is it, psalms, hymns, uh, and spiritual songs. Amen. I, I like them. But I want you to look. Uh, right here in verse 11, Alcana goes home and Samuel in verse 11 is ministering unto the Lord before Eli the priest. So she leaves him there. But then we find a statement in verse 12 that is very sad. Now the sons of Eli, uh, that's half and nine Phineas according to chapter 1, uh, were sons of Belial and they knew not the Lord. And I want to deal with that statement right there where it talks about that they were sons of Belial. Well, what's that talking about right there? Now, I'm not sure how this message is going to go. I, I, I pinned some stuff down and we're going to see, so you pray for us. Uh, but what does that mean, they were sons of Belial? Uh, take your Bible and go to the book of 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6. Uh, you'll find that terminology, I think, 17 times in 16 verses in your King James Bible. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul is talking about separation. Uh, he's talking about separation, how not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And he uh, begins to give contrast down through here. He said, For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? These are something that are opposite to each other. And then notice what he said and what concord, that word concord means an agreement. Uh, what concord hath Christ with Belial? Now notice that right there. Notice that right there. Listen to me now. Notice that right there uh, is a proper name. Uh, just as Christ is a proper name, right here so is Belial a proper name. Who's he talking about? Well, who is the opposite of Christ? Well, you say, well, the Antichrist. That's true. I'll give you that, amen. We're talking about the devil. I mean, that's what we're talking about right here. Uh, he, said, he said that what? What concord hath Christ with Belial? What concord doth the church I, I have with the world this morning, by the way? Let me ask you that question. Uh, we, we, you know, when he talks about Christ, are we not Christ's body? Are we not part of him? Is he not part of us? Uh, and he said, what concord, what agreement? He said, then what part hath he uh, that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God uh, with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. So he makes a contrast between Christ and Belial. And so I think the first thing that we can make and see right here is the very fact that this is the devil and this is being controlled of the devil. And so you notice right there, if you go back to what did it say about, about, about Eli's son Hophni and Phinehas, what did he say? They were sons of Belial and what? And knew not the Lord. Now see the thing about uh, these people that are sons of Belial, uh, uh, they don't, it's, it's the devil uh, uh, and we're to be separated. And by the way, when you look up uh, in Hitchcock's Bible Dictionary, uh, you know what it says about Belial? It says wicked uh, and worthless. That's what they are. 
And we see that Belial is a name given, I really believe, to Satan. Somebody said, one time, I don't know whether it's true, that he's Belial in the Old Testament, Beelzebub in the New Testament. I don't know whether that to be true. It sounds real good. Amen. I don't know whether that's right or not, but I know this, that is the Apostle Paul was uh, contrasting them. He contrasted Belial with Christ. And he said he is the opposite of whatever Jesus is. What is Jesus to us today? Well, he's my Savior. Amen. Is he not your Savior? Is he not the one that saved your soul and gave you a place in heaven? But he is also the one uh, that has kept me out of hell. He's also the one, uh, uh, friend, that I'm looking, that I'm trying to serve uh, and looking toward and want to serve. So the opposite of that is the one. uh, He gave us life. And what does Belial do? Gives you death. Brings condemnation upon your life. As the word Christ gives you joy and righteousness, Belial says, what did he say right here? That he's wicked and worthless. So these boys right here were wicked and worthless. Take your Bible and go to the book of Deuteronomy. This is going to be a little strange message, but it'll be all right. Take your Bible and go to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 13. Deuteronomy 13, Moses is getting the children of Israel uh, ready to go over into the promised land. And in Deuteronomy chapter 13, he's laying out some things, laying out some law for them. And in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 13, look in verse 11. Deuteronomy 13 verse 11, And all Israel shall hear and fear, and shall do no more any such wickedness as this is among you. If thou shalt hear, say, in one of thy cities, which the Lord thy God hath given thee to dwell there, saying, Certain men, the children of Belial, thy that word is again, are gone out from among you, and have withdrawn the inhabitants of their city, saying, Let us go and serve other gods, which ye have not known. Then shalt thou inquire, and make search, and ask diligently, and behold, if it be truth, uh, and the thing certain, that such abomination is wrought among you, thou shalt surely smite the inhabitants of that city with the edge of the sword, destroying it utterly, and all that is therein, and the cattle thereof, with the edge of the sword. So you know what he said? First of all, uh, uh, this is Satan, uh, uh, and the ruling of Satan, but then their character of these men is they'll draw you away from God. They want nothing to do with God. Let me ask you something. Are you around folk that want nothing to do with God? You're around them on the job. They don't want you to talk about God. I, I don't, don't want to. You know, there's a lot of people today in our society. Uh, listen, they, they, they talk about God. They talk like they know God. But I'm going to be honest with you. When you start pinning them down, they don't know nothing about God. They think he's a grandfather type up in heaven that's handing out lollipops uh, uh, and everything's going to be okay. As long as I try to do good, uh, everything will be all right. That ain't the way it is, friend. I mean, you look right here. He told the children of Israel, he said if these children of Belial, these sons of Belial, uh, he said if they come in uh, uh, and they say, let's go serve uh, other gods. So we find out about these men right here. According to the according to First Samuel, they knew not God, and right here in the book of Deuteronomy, they're trying to lead God's people away from God. What's going on in our society today? We've got people that don't know God that's running our country, and they don't care whether the church lasts or not. 
They don't care. I mean, they really don't care. And if you think, uh, friend, if you think for a minute, uh, uh, if, if there weren't just a few uh, uh, that would stand up for what's right, and if they would shut up, I'm telling you, they'd shut us down as fast as they could. My wife told me just yesterday, she said, I did not know this was a real thing. She stumbled across it. Uh, but come to find out, there, there, there are people out there that will help you deconstruct uh, out of religion. Help you deconstruct out of religion. They were sorry that they'd ever been to church. They were sorry that they ever believed that Jesus was the only way to heaven. Uh, they were sorry that He was the only way that you could have peace. I'm going to tell you, if you want peace today, it's in Jesus Christ. Now the problem we've got today is a lot of people do need to be deconstructed out of religion and come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Amen. I, listen, I'm a Bible believer, a saved Bible believer first, and I'm Baptist second. When you sort of study the history of Baptists and what all they fought for and went through, we're not Protestants. We didn't come through the Reformation. We didn't come out of the Reformation. Uh, friend, we were long before the Reformation. Amen. Study your history. I remember years ago, and I might have told you all this story sometime back, when, when I was a boy, Daddy always kept his dog tags. I had one drawer in, 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 in his dresser and, and, and a little box in it and had, had a little mementos and things in it. And you know when you're a boy, you like to look at that stuff and ask questions. I don't know, I did. You might not, but I did. And I'd ask him about what his dog tags would say. You know, it said his name on it uh, uh, and some other stuff. Uh, and, and, and then it had Protestant down there on it. And I remember as a boy, I remember asking him what Protestant meant, you know. Uh, and and, and he, he explained, he said that, that way, he said they, they would know what kind of chaplain to go get me if I needed a chaplain and something was going on. But i never forget sitting on the end of the bed in mom and daddy's bedroom where they still live today and him explaining me the first time as a little boy, wasn't saved, but I remember him explaining to me that Baptists were not Protestants. I ain't never forgot that. And you know what? As I got saved and called to preach, I, I began to study a little more and come to find out Daddy told me the truth. Amen. Uh, but listen, uh, uh, you know what they were doing? They knew not God. Uh, so in the book of Deuteronomy, they began to draw away from God. They began to want to draw people away from God, God's people. I'm going to tell you today, there's people out there today that will try their best to get you away from God. There is. Now, you better be careful who you run with and who you get around and who you listen to because they're slick talkers. Uh, uh, listen, I, I mean, they, uh, they're just as slick as slick can be. Uh, uh, what was it that it said over in the book of Romans? Uh, uh, he said, now I beseech you, brethren, uh, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them for they, uh, for that they, for they, for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words uh, and fire speeches deceive the hearts uh, of the simple. That's what we got going on today. They're all concerned about their self. Uh, and so we find that the character of these men is they want to draw away folk. And we seen that last week uh, uh, over in the book of Acts. Uh, Hophni and Phineas, uh, they did not know God. Uh, uh, and there's folk out there that will tell you that they know God. They're in religion. They're in some form of religion. Uh, and they'll tell you all kinds of things, but they don't know God. Take your Bible and go to the book of Judges. Go to the book of Judges, chapter 19. Now, I I'm trying to paint you a picture of what kind of people these are 
and where we find them at. Judges chapter 19. Now we find, first of all, that, that they are the opposite of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's enough to make you should want to stay away from them. But you find right here they have the tendency uh, to want to draw away. Uh, they want to draw away uh, and that from God. But look in Judges chapter 19. And this is a very strange chapter. If you read this whole chapter right here, well, let me read and I'll come to it. Judges chapter 19 uh, and look in verse 20. Now, you have to understand there is a, a gentleman and his, a man and his concubine. Uh, they are traveling in, in the land of Benjamin, I believe it is at this time. Uh, and they're going to uh, sojourn there or at least stay overnight. Uh, and they were just going to sleep in the street. And there's an old, old gentleman, the Bible calls him an old man in verse 20. Uh, he comes by and says, you just need to come home with me. So in verse 20 of Judges chapter 19, And the old man said, Peace be with thee, howsoever let all thy wants lie upon me, only lodge not in the street. So he brought him into his house and gave provender unto the asses, and they washed their feet and did eat and drink. Now as they were making their hearts merry, behold the men of the city, certain sons of who? Belial. Beset the house round about and beat at the door and spake to the master of the house, the old man saying, Bring forth the man that came into thine house that we may what? Know him. And the man, the master of the house, went out unto them and said unto them, Nay, my brethren, make you want to throw up. Calls them brethren. Seems like I remember a place in the book of Genesis. A man by the name of Lot over in Sodom and Gomorrah, when they come and done the same thing at his house, he called them brethren. Wicked, wicked, calls them brethren. Notice right here. And the man, the master of the house, went out unto them and said unto them, Nay, my brethren, nay, I, I pray you do not so wickedly, seeing that this man is come into mine house, do not this folly. Behold, here is my daughter a maiden and his concubine. Them will I bring out now and humble ye them and do with them what seemeth good unto you. But unto this man do not so a vile thing. Let me park here for just a second before I move on right here. Boy, he was some more daddy, wasn't he? Right? I think every one of you daddies in here would fight a circle saw before you'd ever do anything like that. Go down swinging. That's just wicked in their self. And we can talk about the justification of it and all these things and how things were back in that day, but I, I don't care, friend. I'll just be honest with you, I don't care. I think what he had offered was a wicked thing. But the men would not hearken to him, so the man took his concubine and brought her forth unto them. And they knew her and abused her all the night until the morning. And when the day began to spring, they let her go. Now you can read the rest of this story and you'll find out that she makes it to the threshold uh, uh, and dies. And you know what that, you know what that fellow does? He cuts her up in 12 pieces and sends her to the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, and boy, you're talking about making a ruckus when that happens. I got a message I preach out of that sometimes. What kind of package are you going to receive? 
I remember years ago I was preaching that long before I come down here to pastor and I was preaching on that and I talked about the FedEx man delivering a package to your house, you know. And I preached that message right there and there's a lady come up to me and my wife after that meeting and she said, I'm, I'm expecting the delivery from the FedEx man tomorrow. I said, boy, I hope it ain't that. Amen. Well, notice right here. Notice what they were going to do. They were sodomites right here. Uh, they were vile and evil. Notice what the Bible said right here. He said in verse 23, do not so wickedly. They were wicked. We're talking about wicked men. Do you realize there's wicked men out in this world? There's wicked women. Well, preacher, you're not telling me. No, I'm talking about wicked. I mean, we lived in such a sheltered area and in such a sheltered life. I do. I'm still sheltered. And right here, it talks about if we go back and we find what does it say right here. It said that we may know them and the man, the master of the house, went out and said, Nay, my brethren, I pray you do not so wickedly, seeing that this man is coming to my house, do not this folly. But notice right here in the latter part of verse 24, he said, But unto this man do not so a vile thing. Do you know what the word vile means? It means, it means base. That means the very bottom. Worthless, despicable, sinful, depraved, hateful in the sight of God and of good men. You know what the Bible said about the men of Sodom in Genesis 13, 13? It said, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before, the, before God exceedingly. They were exceedingly great sinners. They just weren't sinners. They were exceedingly great sinners. You know what we've got today? We've got exceedingly great sin, don't we? People have no morals and and they have no compass that sets them in the right path. They have no direction, no desire to have a direction. You know, I try to stay away from from a lot of stuff. I really do of the wickedness that's going on in our nation. Uh, I, I mean, I, I I try. I do not like stuff in my mind. I'll just be honest. I'm not hiding my head in the sand. I know what's going on, but I try not to dwell on that thing. But I'm going to tell you, it's just going to get worse and worse as time goes on if something don't happen. Now you better get a hold of that thing because when men are left unchecked and left to them, says I remember my I had a production manager one time you say years ago when I worked at Spa Company in Etowah, uh, he'd say idle hands or the devil's workshop, and, and, and I I used to think that was just a cute little saying, but I'm gonna be honest with you, that's the truth, because an idle mind is the devil's workshop. But he said right here that. And they were after this man. They were sodomites, if I can say that. They were homosexual. That's wicked, friend. Well, preacher, that's the... No, it ain't. The, that might be the way they are, but they weren't born that way. Uh, uh, and friend, I'm just going to tell you, uh, we can talk about transgender and all that mess too. Uh, uh, it's all messed up because of wickedness this morning. They're vile and they're wicked. You say, well, what about that little child right there? I'm going to blame it on their parents and on the school system that let them do it. Amen. You're welcome, as my preacher used to say. So they're wicked. They're vile. And they're evil. Numbers chapter 16. When Korah stood against Moses... 
You know what? You know what Moses told them over there in number sixteen. He said, "And he spake unto the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men." He said, "Get away from them." Let me tell you what we we all we need to get away from them. Why did Moses tell them that? Uh, because he said this. He said, "And touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all their sins." Uh, uh, there, there, there's folk in religion today, uh, and I say religion, not Christianity. But they're in religion that thinks that, that this mess that we're in is okay. That's right. That sodomy's okay, it's not okay. Transgender's not okay. None of that mess is okay. So preacher, you, you just you take a hard line and yeah, because the book does. The book takes a hard line on that. Don't you think we ought to take a hard line on it? I mean, that's where we have failed at uh, in, in Christianity. Everybody thinks, well, we ought to just get along. No! We can't all get along. You can't. I can't. Can two walk together except they be agreed? And so right here we find that the sons of Belial are wicked men. They're evil men. They're vile men. You say, preacher, you're talking about a friend of mine. I can't help that. I can't help what the Bible says about your friends. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be ugly today. But I do want you to open your eyes. I want you to get a hold of some things. And you go on and you can study it. Or we'll sit down and we'll study it together. But I'm telling you, God God does hate some things. And by the way, God does cause some things an abomination. And what these men were doing, they were abominable. And they were an abomination, friend. He said, do not so wickedly. God judges that stuff. When we read about Eli's son, Hophni and Phinehas, God sends judgment. He tells Eli what he's going to do because of his sons in one chapter, and he didn't do anything. You know, you know what Eli done for his sons? And we're going to look at their sin here in a minute. Don't worry, I ain't going to leave them out. But you know what Eli done when God said, you need to, you need to stop this? You need to stop this, Eli. He went to him and, and he said, Boys, he said, What you're doing ain't right. <laughs> you know, you might get away with that if your child is seven, eight, nine, ten years old. But you know, when they're grown and, you, and all you say to them is, It ain't right, it's probably going to go in one ear and out the other. Now, Eli was in a position to where he could have stopped some things. And I preached on that sometime back. Eli chose his sons over God. So you know, you know what you know what God done. Uh, he he sent word to Samuel. You remember that's that's where we get that great story over there. How uh, where God is talking to Samuel and he calls him Samuel and he runs to Eli uh, and he said, "I ain't call you." And you know we do that three times. And finally, Eli realizes what's going on and God is uh, calling Samuel and he says, uh, "When he calls again, Samuel, Samuel," uh, he said, "Here, here am I for for thy servant. Uh, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth." Uh, and he he does, and you you know the first mess, the very first message that Samuel got, and Samuel got to preach was on the destruction of Eli's house. Judgment was coming. Now I, I've got I've got I've got some preacher friends, bless their heart. Uh, that's all they're going to preach on, and they're going to preach mad every time they preach. <laughs> I think sometimes we need that. 
I think sometimes a preacher needs to get angry about some things. I think you need to get angry about some things. I think we have been lulled into such a place that we're afraid to get angry or we're afraid to get marked or we're afraid that somebody's going to say something bad about us or or any of those things or, or, or they're going to think we're crazy. They probably will, so just go ahead and live with it. Just go ahead and please the Lord. So you know what God done? He, he finally did destroy uh, Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas. 1 Samuel chapter 3, For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity. Now this is God talking to Samuel. Forever for the iniquity which he knoweth because his sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not. He said judgment was coming because of their sin. You, you know over here in the book of Judges, if you read into the next, uh, next part about what happened in Judges 19 and, uh, and Judges 20 and, and all, all of that, that after he sent out the, that package, you know, that concubine cut up and all these people. I mean, it's just a crazy thing, man. They decide they're going to go up and uh, they're going to fight against Benjamin because Benjamin, the, the, the tribe of Benjamin would not send those men out uh, to face their punishment, to face death because of what they'd done. And so Israel decides, okay, we're going to have to go fight our brethren. We're going to have to go fight them. Go fight our brothers. And so you know what they do? They go up and they talk to the Lord and say, Lord, who goes up first? And you find out that Judah's supposed to go up first. And, uh, and you know what happens? Benjamin just beats the far out of them. Now I'm working on a message sometime on, on when you're doing the will of God but you still lose. Yeah, right. Think about that for just a second. God told them to go, but they lost. They go back and they inquire of God and this time they pray real good and they inquire, I, I, I believe, at the ark of God and, uh, and they talk to Him and say, Lord, do we go? And they, He said, go! Yeah. So they go the next day. And Benjamin beats the far out of them again. And they come back the next day or that that evening and they're weeping and they're praying and the Bible said they're feasting. Boy, it's got a little more serious each time. You know one of the problems that I have and I'd say that most folk have, we don't take a lot of stuff serious anymore. Nothing serious to us. The shape of our nation is not serious. We're just, we're just living life. The shape of the church is not serious. The shape of our home is not really serious. We think it'll all just work out. You know, sometimes it just don't work out. Well, if God wants it to work out, it'll work out, preacher. Man, are you a Calvinist? Are you really crazy? So how do you figure all that? I mean, have you, heard, you ever heard people say that? Well, if God wants it to be, it'll be. Well, don't He want all to be saved? Right? He said, all come to the knowledge of the truth. So His will is for all to be saved. But yet we know all ain't going to be saved. So let me ask you a question. Is God's will always done? What's another good message for a time? I can't stay there. But I'll give you the short answer. No, it's not always done. God will not force man to do what He wants him to do. He will not twist your arm. Now you'll meet Him in judgment one day in eternity and you may wish that you had done what He wanted you to do. 
Well, I don't know how we got there, but it ain't that good. So finally, they go up on the third day and Israel is fighting Benjamin and God did prevail against them. You can go over and you can read in 1 Kings chapter 21. You remember the story of of Jezebel and Naboth, Ahab and Jezebel and Naboth. And you remember Ahab wanted Naboth's vineyard? And you remember he pouted because Naboth wouldn't sell it to him? And, uh, and, and we can go over it. Well, let me read just real quick. I'll go over there and, and I'm going to get this thing going here, get it closed anyway. First uh, Kings chapter 21. And, and we begin to read in verse 8, and, and it tells us uh, the story about what happens here. Her Kings 21 verse 8. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name, talking about Jezebel, and sealed them with his seal and sent the letters unto the elders to the nobles that were in uh, his city dwelling with Naboth. And she wrote in the letters saying, Proclaim a fast and set Naboth on high among the people. Boy, you better be careful when folks start setting you up. Yeah, that's right. and, and set two men, sons of Belial. Looky there before him, to bear witness against him, saying, Thou dost blaspheme God and the king, and then carry him out and stone him that he may die. And you can read that, and that's exactly what happened. Who done it? Sons of Belial did. Wicked and vile men. What did they do? They lied on him, and they caused murder to happen. Life was not precious to them. I'm going to be honest with you. Life ain't precious to everybody. They just soon as shoot you or kill you, murder you, as they have to look at you, especially if they thought they could take something from you. Jezebel herself, I mean, she was a worshiper of Baal. She's the one, the Bible said, that stirred up uh, 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 and that King Ahab. And uh, Elijah uh, caught him over our neighbor's vineyard just a little bit later, I believe it was, uh, uh, and talked to him about that. And uh, said, you've sold yourself to do wickedly. See if I can find this. Elijah's meeting with him in verse 19 of the same chapter. And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Hast thou killed and also taken possession? And thou uh, shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, In the place where dogs licked uh, the blood of Naboth shall uh, lick thy blood, even thine. And Ahab said unto Elijah, Hast thou found me, O mine enemy? And he answered, I have found thee, because thou hast sold thyself to work evil in the sight of the Lord. And that's what a lot of people have done. They've sold their self to be evil. They're not concerned with the truth. Well, we can't even figure out what the truth is anymore, can we? I, I mean, they're, they're teaching that boys can be girls and girls can be boys. And we, we've, got, we've, we've, got, we've got men in our armed services uh, that have turned themselves into women. Man, this thing's messed up. They don't know what the truth is. And I lay, most, I lay most of that at our feet. Because somebody quit preaching this book. Somebody quit preaching this book. I've heard people say, well, we're just, uh, we're just uh, products of prophecy. 
We're just living in an age when things are just naturally going to get bad because of prophecy. Yes, but nowhere do I find that we're to quit preaching and we're to quit telling the truth. But where do we find them? Well, we find them all out through the world. You find them anywhere. You find wicked men and women everywhere and anywhere. I mean, you go over there and you look in 1 Samuel 25 and you'll find a man by the name of Nabal. You remember when David was on the run from King Saul and he had 600 men with him and he was fighting and he kept Nabal's stuff safe and uh, kept his shepherds safe and, uh, and all that and, uh, and all David wanted was something to eat. Nabal wouldn't give him anything. And you know what his own servant said? Talking about Nabal, he's such a son of Belial. He's a son of the devil. You'll find them in politics, won't you? Ain't that where we found Jezebel? She was in politics. You find them in leadership roles all the way from the local place, from the local county, the city, all the way up to national passing through state on the way. But then in 1 Samuel, go back to the text verse, and in 1 Samuel chapter 2, you know where you find them at? In religion. 1 Samuel 2 and verse 12. Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. And, the pre- and as the priest's custom with the people was, that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest servant came while the flesh was in seething uh, with a flesh hook uh, of three teeth in his hand and he struck it into the pan or the kettle or the cauldron or pot. All that the flesh hook brought up, uh, the priest took for himself. So they did in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came thither. Also before they burnt the fat, the priest servants came and said uh, to the man uh, that sacrificed uh, give flesh to roast uh, for the priest for he will not have sodden flesh of thee but raw and if any man said unto him let them uh, not fail to burn the fat presently then take as much as thy soul desireth uh, then he would answer him nay but thou shalt give it me now and if not I will take it by force wherefore the sin of the young man was very great before the Lord for men abhorred the offering of the Lord you know what they done, they were supposed to get meat. Uh, I mean, the priests were supposed to get meat. Uh, and and that, that, that sodden meat, that, that, uh, that boiled meat, if I can say it that way. But you know what? They didn't want that. That wasn't good enough for them. Uh, what had turned into a custom was, was they wanted something they could roast. They wanted that fat. I believe all that stuff was supposed to be burnt, wasn't it? And I go back to the book of, uh, back to the law over here and and to the Levitical law, and you'll find that all that was God's, if I ain't mistaken. And they said, here's what I want, uh, and you'll give it to me, and if you don't give it to me, I'll take it. So what they were doing was serving their self uh, by taking advantage uh, uh, of the people of God uh, in the name of religion. They were, you know how wicked that is? To take advantage of the people of God. Them charlatans on TV and on the radio. I heard a preacher say the other day, he, uh, he, he, said, uh, he said, I used to go tent revivals. I'd go tent revivals with a friend of mine. He was in a wheelchair and he said he got shot in Korea and got paralyzed in Korea. And he couldn't walk. And he said, we go tent revivals. I, 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 these boys that have healing services. And he said, we go just to make fun of them, you know. He said, we knew that stuff wasn't real. But he said, by about the third night of that revival, and we left, he said, he come to me. He said, preacher, I can't go no more. 
He said, because I'm sitting here and they're telling me all I, he said, I know, I know uh, that God can work that miracle. But he said, all they're telling me uh, is that if I believe, if I believe, I could walk. I could walk. If I'd only believe. And he said, it's killing me. But you sorry, low down devils. To do somebody that way. Knowing they ain't got that power. And then blame it on them. That's wicked. That's vile. And, and, and blame it on them and tell them God would work for you if you only had faith. <laughs> Sons of Belial. You find them in religion. They take advantage of God's people. You come on down to verse 22. Now Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel. So see, he knew. And how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he said unto them, Why do you such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear you make the Lord's people to transgress. I mean, all those women that were coming to the tabernacle door, I mean, they were having relations with them. and I mean, this, this, they're so messed up. I mean, just wicked and vile. You find them in the world, you find them in politics, you'll find them in religion. Brother Jeff, what he taught on this morning, I thought, man, he's just, he's setting me up real good this morning. I thought, man, he's just, he's knocking the weeds out and going to make it easy to plow. I mean, go back, you would have been here for Sunday school. I mean, man, about the works of the flesh in Galatians 5 over there. I mean, that's what these boys were all about. But you know what their problem was? They were in religion. They, they were the sons of Eli, sons of Belial, but they knew not the Lord. There's a lot of people like that in church. There's a lot of people like that in leadership in church. They don't know nothing about God. My flesh is wicked. I understand that. I get that. This flesh ain't going to heaven. My flesh ain't saved. But I've got a new man that lives on the inside of me that helps me. And boy, I thank God for him that helps me. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you this morning, every one of us could be like these people right here, uh, but because of God, because of God. Sons of Belial, we, we run into them. We run into them all out in the world. But what are we going to do? Let, let me say this. God has the life say. He got Sodom and Gomorrah. You know he got, you know he got Hophni and Phinehas? He got them. They went out to battle on the Philistines and they were losing. They come back and got the ark of God. And they go out and you know what happens. They had the ark of God but it didn't do them a lick of good. They got killed over there. And, and you know the sad part of it was when they come back and they told Eli, that was his two boys. They told Eli, said, uh, your boys got killed in battle. And you know what he said? What, what about the ark? What about the ark? They said, well, it got took two. And that's when he died. He knew what his boys was. And he knew the ramifications. He knew the ramifications about that ark being lost. And by the way, God went on and destroyed Shiloh after that. Go over and read about what he done to Shiloh. Go read what he done. Let's bow our heads this morning.